To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world. Black people, outside and inside. gospel is coolie daggers and joe it's our second series we kind of abruptly ended the first series mostly due to emotional exhaustion but we've figured it out and we're back for a uh, 10 episode run and the first three episodes will actually be about gender sexuality sexual identity and how that intersects with race and class and social status. So, uh, how are we going to start this one, Cooley? Hmm. Well, since you took all the time to make it this beautiful board, I think we should reference the board. We do have a lovely whiteboard where we uh, drew up some questions. So, Don't worry. We'll get fancy and we won't send you a whiteboard to send with your questions. You can send your questions in on the next live episode. Uh, we'll give you the further details on how to do that. But right now, let's hit the board. Okay, so there is a gender non-conforming poetry activist and performance art duo called Dark Matter. They are absolutely wonderful. And they posed an amazing question that we would really like to talk about. And it is, what feminine part of yourself did you have to destroy in order to survive in the world? Now, Cooley. Yes. How do you feel about that question, and how would you answer that question? Well, it's loaded. It certainly is. Right? I know you made the question. I was here when you made it. But still, man, that's, that question is loaded. I did not make this question. This is the question that Dark Matter made. I simply, <laughs> I simply <laughs> am reiterating it for the purposes of this podcast and for our listeners mm-hmm. and to pay homage to this wonderful duo. Definitely. So. Shoutouts. Dark Matter. They're incredibly dope. Poems on deck for days. But essentially when it comes down to femininity, it, the basis of the question is just that. How can it exist in this world and not be questioned whatsoever? So when I got painfully reminded that I was a girl was when my uncle, who's the only male in my family, had to remind me to put on a training bra. Because it was about that time of which, you know, your, your tatas are going in. And people are giving you attention. So did you feel like you had to destroy that part? You wanted to destroy, like, the attention that you were receiving? It was insulting. That was the end of my childhood. How dare you? You telling me I have to put on a training bra is literally saying, oh, well, guess what? All the years of you running up and down and you being just one of the boys, that is just, it's gone. So you wanted to be one of the boys. Yeah, because at that point I wasn't questioned. Of course you get the standard you shouldn't be doing this because you're a girl but until you actually hit pubescent years you are pretty much just like one of the boys and you're treated as such i was never treated like one of the boys ever 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 i was always one of the girls i was constantly reminded to be one of the girls i don't know if that had anything to do with like my interesting christian jamaican upbringing but 
I was constantly reminded to keep my legs closed. You know, I had to wear dresses, don't get too dirty, don't roughhouse too much. You know, kind of the standard fare of... Did your grandmother hit you with the, you have to keep a penny between your knees? Not the penny between my knees, but she did hit me with the, you need to walk on your tippy toes to, you know, get that arch ready for you wearing heels, which was certainly unusual. And I didn't really understand heels at that point. I knew that they were pretty and that my mom had them, but I wasn't old enough to wear it at that point. Um, so what feminine part of me did I kill? Um, I think a lot of my curiosity kind of got killed because I was always told that if I was too curious, I was going to end up in danger, you know, and if I was too loose with myself, and I know that word is like in itself very, very heavy, but if I was too loose with myself, some creep, and that's always how it's been posed, Mm -hmm. you know, a creep. Uh, the would, ominous boogeyman would take advantage of me and that simply just meant any man not necessarily mm-hmm. like a pedophile but just men in general were sort of dangerous and I had to protect myself from them even as a little girl oh yeah but in that same respect did it give did it make you feel like it was somewhat your responsibility oh no definitely it was my responsibility to not get raped it was my responsibility <laughs> to not get like taken you know if i was gonna get you know i mean i mean as an eight-year-old girl walking on the street unarmed and granted we were some eight-year-old black and brown children meaning that we weighed all about 50 pounds dripping wet so it's it's quite easy just to pick us up or even knock us down i remember one time we had a really really bad windstorm and it was like thunderstorming and i had an umbrella and it was open, I literally got lifted off of the ground like Mary Poppins. It was the coolest thing that ever happened. Coolest. Definitely one of the best times of my life. But, as you were saying. Uh No no digressions, no digressions. It's good stuff. But it's the point that quite literally we could be taken just by the elements, but it's the fact that you have to be prepared every day in case of this boogeyman just coming out of nowhere. Because then they never tell us. And by they, I mean our mothers, because, you know, we don't get information from the males in our household. (laughs) Our mothers told us of this person, the person that is very much there that will always appear. But they never told us that person could be your teacher. That person could be your boss. That person could be your lover or someone that you're interested in. That person could be your friend. Right. And I think that a lot of it is that our mothers did not do it to hurt us. You know, they never did it to hurt us. They did it because they had been terrified themselves mm-hmm. and sometimes that terror is generational and yes. it's it's very true that like as women we are bonded in a certain way and that we need to protect each other because the world does not protect us we are so vulnerable all of the time um and i and it's it's hard to understand you know like when you're that young and you're you know five, six, seven, eight, even when you're 10 or 13 and you're starting to develop into the woman that you eventually will become, it's hard to conceive this big, scary world when you care about playing with toys, you know, and you're sitting there and you're watching Hey Arnold or you're just playing with Legos and and you're chilling with your friends and eating candy cigarettes and, you know, strawberry shortcake pops and just being little and having to sacrifice the innocence of your childhood so soon because the world is scary and because the world will attack you 
Mm-hmm. And it's not like, uh, you know, oh my god, they're so paranoid. It's like, no, people get snatched. Little mm-hmm. boys get snatched, you know. Yeah, but, but it's the fact that they're not instructed the same way that we are. No. And that's also a very relevant danger that they also face. Is that we're almost not even bringing to the forefront the things that women have to go through, which is basically being harassed and assaulted on a daily basis. But in the same breath, we're saying that young men can't be victims of this. Oh, young men are victims in the same way. Like, I think this question about femininity is not about women. It's not It's not something that is limited mm. to female-bodied people. This is, limit, this is something that is for everyone because everyone has a feminine side we all have we are these complex human beings that are unfortunately subjected to sometimes limiting societies and regardless of whether you're a boy you're a girl you're gender non-conforming whatever like you have to destroy part of you you have to do it in terms of survival and like whether that means that you're a boy and you just happen to like certain things and people call you a sissy or you just happen to be really good at makeup and you're on the internet. Like, you know, I follow these, these teenagers on Instagram that are so good at makeup. I'm like totally jealous. You know, I wish I could beat my face like that, but you know, and sometimes I read the comments and it's just, they are so destructive. And you have these young boys who are just like expressing themselves through art they're inspiring so many other people to be who they are they're they're inspirational by living alone and the fact that like sometimes living is a revolution is is kind of crazy you know what I mean like I think that it's awesome that we can all inspire each other by living but at the same time the fact that owning your truth is so revolutionary. Like, what kind of society do we live in where owning your truth means that you are a rebel? Oh, what? this one. Yeah. And, and it seems like every single one dating back to Christ. Because Christ didn't say nothing outside of the outside of the ordinary. What Christ said was love other people. And even though that sounds like a very common concept right now, even though we don't do it... <laughs> It is a sign of rebellion. Is it definitely a sign? It's an act of war against the status quo. So when we were younger and we didn't naturally just conform right into the things of being feminine, that is an act of war. Is an act of onslaught on everything our parents are trying to bring forth as well as the world that we have to coexist in, whether they want to acknowledge, and by they meaning the greater world, acknowledge our existence in it. But you still have to fight even for that little bit of space that you're allowed in. And it's so sad that we are fighting for space, that we can't even recognize that just because someone else is existing, that that doesn't compromise us. That doesn't, you know, like, it's it's the same way it's like this whole, you know, whatever the hell people are talking about with this this bathroom situation in North Carolina, okay? This (laughs) bathroom thing is the... It is disgusting. For everyone that may be a little late to the game. Yeah, some people might be late to this. But basically, they're trying to say, and by they, I mean a bunch of nut jobs are trying to say that transgender individuals should not have the right to use the bathroom for themselves. Okay, (laughs) because 
they will be a danger to mm-hmm. cisgender people. Now, let's understand how completely ridiculous this is simply because as a transgender person, you're more likely to get attacked than to attack. And in the bathroom. And in the bathroom. One of the most vulnerable places for people. If you are a gender non-conforming person and you go into the bathroom, you're vulnerable because you simply want to relieve yourself and people will take that as weakness and then they will attack you. But it's something about my privacy. I like it. I'm going to say privacy from now on. My privacy. <laughs> my privacy is being somehow literally shat upon by allowing this other person to shit in my vicinity. Because that's literally as I'm taking it at this point. No, Are you so offended? This is going back to just segregation. Are you so offended by Negro nostrils, Afro puffs, I don't know, cocoa butter, that you don't even want it to be prevalent like present whatsoever in a bathroom a bathroom where you go to relieve yourself for what two to five minutes because obviously a transgender person or non-gender conforming person is just someone who's living their life to somehow assault other people and use it as an excuse to be violent which can we no sense with, with stats real quick I don't have any stats on me right now, but oh, we oh, can oh, provide this. It, it, it's mad simple. How many attacks of transgender people on straight people? How many? I actually do not know that, and I would prefer if we actually could bring up these stats for the next episode. So we'll mm-hmm. do that for you guys because we want to be like super accurate. But as far as we know, none. Because let's be serious. And... There was a period of time where one transgender person was literally getting killed every single week, which is insane. And that those are just the, the murders that we know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically these are people who are more feminine than they are masculine, which is a violation against somebody's masculinity because it's just a man in a dress, like, you know, trying to undermine. My silly little straight brain can't put together how you walked in your own consciousness with your penis into the H&M and went by the male section and bought yourself a blouse in your size with your money and decided to wear it. I have no idea, Joe. I, mean, I, I can't get it. I can't it, wrap my Ryan around But it. I think it comes back to what we were originally talking about and the fact that, like, femininity is a violation to masculinity. And the reason why you have to kill the femininity is because you are violating masculinity, the patriarchy, you are violating misogyny, you're violating everything. God mm. forbid you have to live as who you are. God forbid. And it, it's it's sad. It's really sad that people cannot even begin to understand themselves. Because this isn't a matter of opening up your mind and, you know, all of that crap. It's not about that. It's the fact that you are so out of tune with yourself that you cannot look at another person's spirit, at another person's body, that you cannot accept your fellow brothers, sisters, people. You cannot accept a person because somehow your masculinity or your idea of what gender is is so important that it overrides your love. It overrides your capacity for love. Don't you love the whole conversation of what 
what may I call you? I've, I've made it a definite thing of asking people, what may I call you? Even when I'm in a restaurant, they clearly they have a name tag on. Because it's like, no, that may not be how you like to be addressed. And this is what commonly happens in conversation. Hey, you're such and such. Cool. I'm cooly. Oh, great. So you're a she, you're a he. Like, what do you do? I'm cooly. Oh, well, you wear tight tops and baggy jeans, but then you have long hair and earrings. So are you bi? And then there's she, I'm cooly. Everybody hear what's wrong with this situation? There shouldn't have been so many questions. Why is it when anybody that is not gender conforming says quite literally who they are, it becomes a conversation about, well, why can't I just call you what I feel comfortable with? Because their their discomfort <laughs> matters more than your life. This is insane. It's <laughs> absolutely insane. And I don't mean that to marginalize people because we are going to have an episode about mental illness and how mental illness affects people in a lot of different ways. No, we mean sanity in that these are people that are constantly doing negative things, getting negative results, and that is the definition of insanity. They are they are just stupid. Yes. Yes, for stuck on stupid would be more precise. Well, we will use stuck on stupid, but um, it it's very upsetting, you know. It it's it's really really upsetting to hear that happen. And I remember when I used to say, you know, what's your preferred pronoun? And then I learned mm-hmm. that, that was wrong. And mm-hmm. you know, I understand it, why it's, it's wrong. Preference is demand. It's not a preference. <laughs> it's not even. It's, it's like, oh, some I days am. I like to be called Susie. Some days I like to be called Karen. No. <laughs> it's like, and even if that's the case, then I need to respect the fact that you like to be called Susie some days and some days you like to be called Karen. It's not a preference. It's who you are. And I don't understand why it is that we have such a hard time simply saying, I accept you for who you are. Because that means at the work, acceptance, the difference between acceptance and tolerance is tolerance means I get to just say, hi, how you doing? And not really care about what your answer is. Acceptance is I have to actually sit there on the day that you say, yeah, my day actually isn't going well. And take in the same regard I would, your little half-ass, hi, how you doing? But with a deep, thorough appreciation of what's going on in your life. And people don't want to. So this is what we come back to about empathy. Because, like, this is something that we talked about last season um, in the New Black Gospel, um, an episode that I actually did by myself about sickle cell and my life living with sickle cell. So you guys, you, you guys should totally check that out because um, I got some I got some big news regarding sickle cell coming up, but I can't tell you guys yet because contracts. Legal reason. Legal reason. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I... We, I spoke about empathy and the role of empathy and how empathy is so different from sympathy. And that sympathy is what is easy. That's the easy route. Oh my God, I feel so bad for you. Let me get you a Hallmark card. Or <laughs> if you are really in touch with yourself, a mahogany card. They also happen yes. to be so much better. Yes. So much better. Pay that extra money. Yes. Pay that extra money for a mahogany card. Um, they waterproof. Printed on better stationery. It's true. Great paper. Uh <laughs> But it's the fact that we need to to access empathy, and I think as humans, we are naturally born to be empathetic. We are not an 
We are not naturally sympathetic. Mm. When you look at a child, the way that children Uh, interact with each other, the way that children interact with adults around them, especially adults that foster um, a loving environment, they are super in tune with people's emotions. They're super in tune with their own emotions and what they need. And they don't say things just to wave a hand and get you out of the way. They Mm. say things because they mean it. They're searching for their words. They're learning a language. And what they say is what they mean genuinely. And for some reason, society takes that away from us and tells us that it's useless. Sometimes Mm. they tell us it's too girly. Why are you so in touch with your feelings? Oh, man, you can't be good at math because you're so in touch with your feelings. Why don't you get in the kitchen and go make me a sandwich? Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, I say that, you know, jokingly, but at the same time, it it is true that, like, all of these kind of emotional responses that are what we need in life are written off as so feminine, and it's sad. Yes, must you like a woman? Sit here and spill out all of your emotions. It's painful. It's just sad. Just all types of sad and disrespectful. It is really disrespectful. And it, 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 it hurts. It, you know, I think on a fundamental level, it just hurts when you know who you are and you are trying your hardest to be your honest self and everyone tells you that your honesty is wrong. Your honesty is wrong and is not conformative into what we have recognized to be honest. So therefore, you must be telling lies. You can't tell me that you're a bisexual when all the bisexuals I've ever seen are a bunch of bull dykes. Excuse my slurs. But that's what it's commonly referred to. I've been called a dyke before because I cut my hair. How dare you? I know. I shaved off my perm and the first thing someone said to me was... Oh, so you're a dyke now. That was really great. That was nice. Yeah. And it was like, so even if I was. Even if that was a word that I felt okay with saying, and like, obviously this is in context, but like, that's ridiculous. Because it's like, if I had got, if I went to the hair salon and I came out with a bunch of fox locks, I wouldn't be entirely upset if someone like, oh, you're a Rasta now? Like the same way where Rihanna came at, um, not Drake, what's the other light-skinned boy? J. Cole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> j cole side note um viewers and listeners jake uh go on the youtube and look for this clip of rihanna talking to j cole for about 40 seconds in between like a concert and she's just cussing him out talking about how he got to get all the oils to help with his locks <laughs> are you serious yes i it- need to see is this like the cocoa butter thing when the white lady was like oh, how the- did you not tell me about the butters she was like <laughs> I I found out about cocoa butter. How how did she, you not tell me? She has a fight to pick with black people because we've been hiding the butters from her and her interracial children. And it's like, we have not been hiding a damn thing as much as you have not been investigating. And it just points back to privilege. You really think that is my responsibility, and by my meaning women of color's responsibility, to educate and save you. Ugh. I will save that child's edges, but I am not going to do any more saving for the community. I mean, how can you save the edges when people like Beyonce are snatching them away? (laughs) How how can you do it? Because, I mean, Lemonade snatched all my edges, and I just got them back after those braids that kind of tore them out. Not going to lie. Letting you people know... 
protective styles. They protect, but they shoot. Sometimes they don't protect too well. So, back to what we were talking about. Um, I don't even know where we were. We could just move on to our next question, which we're going to do. Okay. May I? Uh, Let's do this one. How do you survive now? Can you survive without pause? Are there limitations to your techniques for survival? So, meaning, as a feminine identifying person, how do you traverse the world? Yeah, that's that's probably, like, the easiest way to put it, but, of course, I have to be extra. Um, <laughs> it's not, you know... It's, it's a writer thing. It's not a writer thing. It's just because I'm extra. I, I know when to cut back. Um, how do I survive now? See, the thing is, this is, like, the first time in my life that I've actually been willing to acknowledge the fact that, like, I have a gender and a sexuality that matter to me and to other people and it's always been something that I felt very outside of my body like you know I never really felt like a woman it was or a girl or feminine because I was always told that it wasn't necessarily mine it was a construct that I could own or I could not so instead I just abstained um so now I think I just kind of take my time step by step um and when I'm confronted with an issue I educate myself first because sometimes I just feel like I'm not educated enough even though life experience is totally educational but I like to read other people's experiences and sort of incorporate them into my thought process um no I do not survive without pause I'm constantly (laughs) reminded of my own mortality I'm constantly reminded of the danger that I face. I const- I'm constantly reminded of creepy people who will take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Recently, I was in a cab, uh, mm-hmm. and the cab driver put his hand on my leg, which was, like, really, really creepy. And the cab was moving really slowly, like, unbelievably slowly. Mind you, this was, like... A fake cab. This was this was like a dollar taxi because I was super tired and I didn't want to call an Uber. So I got the dollar taxi and he was driving super slow and I almost like did a I'm gonna jump out of the window, tuck and roll because I thought he was gonna hurt me. But um yeah, so no, I do not survive without pause. And yeah, I definitely have limitations because I don't know what I'm doing half of the time. I feel like I'm kind of, you know, going through this wading um, through the waters a little bit blind. And uh, I I try my hardest to figure out what to do, but sometimes I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. What about you, Cooley? Hmm. I went to the bodega today and I was making a very hard life decision, you know, the, the hardest life decisions all late 20 people have to make, which is, am I going to drink before 12 or not? <laughs> 12 p.m.? Yes. Okay. Because I knew I wasn't going to make it back to the store before then, and I'm too old to be making double trips to the store back and forth. So it was like, it was either now or never. <laughs> so as I'm deciding to wait, um, deciding whether I'm going to get a thought juice, for all of us that don't know what thought juice is, that would be margaritas by Bud Light. No, this is not a subscription or advertising for them. I'm just telling you what I like to drink from every now and again. Send in your tithes and your presents. Yeah. We we take cash also, but food is mostly appreciated. 
Now, while I'm trying to um, decide while I'm balling on a budget, this really happy Spanish dude comes in. He has to be, like, mid-40s along with his friend. They could be a little drunk. And granted, it is 12 o'clock in the afternoon, so they could be a little bit drunk. But either way, he's just happy and chipper. And he's just trying to pass me because it's tight in the bodega. And he says, oh, hey, mommy. And he looks close at me. And he says, oh, well, poppy? Well, hmm, mommy? Mommy or poppy? And I said, no, Tony. And he's literally smiled at me and was like, Tony, that's cool. I'm Angel. It's very nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yo. And that's how I'm going to keep it. I'm not, I have never tried to define my sexuality. I've become incredibly annoyed when everybody else, I feel like my entire life, people have been playing like a reverse ping the tail on the donkey, except I'm the donkey and I get to move around and everybody is like shooting darts at me and it's not landing. And it's like, I can't take your labels. It don't apply. And it's like in the split seconds that they do apply, it's like, oh, actually this other word or this other phrase is more apparent to the situation at hand. So, yeah, my sexuality is my own. Your gender identity? My gender identity is also my own. How long has it, has it always been your own or did you have to like get to a point where you started to own it? It got to a point where it was like, if I didn't buy it, <laughs> okay, it would be spent. It would be sold for me. Because mm. if you don't, what, what was it that Audrey Lord said? What? If you allow other people to define you, you'll quickly be gobbled up into their fantasies. I like have that. no I'm idea who that. said that. I don't think that was Audrey Lord, though. All right. We shall G-check later. <laughs> but either way, the statement more or less renders itself true. And it's stupid because no person should have to defend their identity or their self or anything. It should be point blank. That's what it is once you are asked. And you should be respected enough to be asked by people how you identify and what you like to be referred to as and etc. But in the world that we live in, even in first greetings, people automatically put a miss right in front of you or a mister if that's what they feel are comfortable with. And then it becomes a backpedaling in conversation of trying to get back to that initial point that you both were just at. Right. And I mean, like, at the same time, it's some somehow Miss and Mr. have become, and I don't mean at some point, they always have been a sign of respect. And, like, mm. when we were younger, you know, you didn't address somebody by their first name. You oh. didn't, you, they had a title, you know, right. like, everyone had a title. Except for bums on the street. And even the bums on the street, you had to give respect. Because if you didn't give respect to the bums on the street, you were less than the bum. Yes. I, I mean, the thing is... And I mean, like, that's not to say that, like, a person who is homeless is valueless. It's unfortunate that we live in a society in which people try to make homeless people valueless. And, and that's upsetting in its own right. And I don't understand how someone can be so cruel. Um, it, it's just that why is it that titles have been become such a form of respect? And why is it that breaking the norm of that is considered threatening you know like why is it that when someone said if you address someone and say mister and they're like no and you're just like well I was just trying to be respectful and it's like no you were trying to control me but mm -hmm. okay um it's, like, it's not about your intent I ask this person I'm at a parent teacher conference listen to this parent teacher conference I teach somewhat 
Notice how I'm also saying that somewhat. You teach. Yeah, but I ain't got no license. <laughs> a lot of people don't have licenses doing things. I know a couple people that don't have a license and they drive. <laughs> I also do that. But yeah. Eh. Don't give away all your secrets, Sam. I know. Semantic, semantic. But one of my kids is waiting to go meet another teacher. And I knew their grandparent was with them. Their gran- I assumed the person next to them was their grandparent. It wasn't. This was just a random parent. Their grandparent was two uh, seats down. Mm-hmm. And when I called this woman a grandmother, she wasn't even a grandmother. She wasn't, in her mind, she wasn't even grandmother age, whatever that means. And I insulted her. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if my intent was to be nice and just recognize somebody. I insulted this person, so I have to say sorry. Excuse me about that. I made a mistake. And if more people are upset about recognizing the fact that they made a mistake or what they, they're they doing or what they've been told is wrong, then just being correct. Yeah, mostly. That's very true. So guys... Our friends, our listeners, I think we're done for today. Uh, we had a really good talk, and we're happy to be back. So the second series is going to be super dope. Uh, Cooley will actually be on every episode, so there won't be any homeschool episodes. We're just going to be a duo from now on. Which she's is not taking ex- me out the house anymore. You I'm not. That, right? Yeah, she's like just totally on right now, which is mm-hmm. exciting. And... Um, Yeah, so we really would love to hear from you. We would love, 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 love for any criticisms, praise, questions, comments, love, hate. If you want to send us money, that would be super duper cool because we got to pay for the SoundCloud account. And yeah, uh, that's like 10 bucks. So like if someone wants to give us 10 bucks, that's awesome. Um, Yeah, but we would really, really, really love if you could send us a tweet at new block new bleh, okay <laughs> sorry about that cool. uh if you could send us a tweet at new black gospel or you could like our facebook page at the new black gospel leave questions comments you can also friend me on facebook if you would like under Jocelia hughes but like if you're gonna just creep on me please don't do that um <laughs> coolie would you also be cool with people friending you on facebook Friend me on Facebook, but overstand, if you are a bigot, my Facebook is a bigotry-free zone. That's true for me, too, so don't mm-hmm. come here with the shenanigans. It's, mm-hmm. it is, we will not tolerate it. It's just not tolerated. If you come in with your transphobia, homophobia, xenophobia, racism, we don't want it. Sexism, keep it pushing. We mm-hmm. understand that you want to troll somewhere, but don't troll us. You have made your choice. You've made your choice. And like, we actually post really awesome stuff and we're super, super sweet. We're, we're just big old teddy bears. So, um, yeah, be sure to talk to us and bring up some new questions. And next week we will be continuing this conversation with a new set of questions and hopefully some of your questions and comments. So, uh, be peace, everybody. Be peace Thursday. Be peace Friday. Be peace weekend. Uh, stay black, stay humble. Stay black and stay humble. So, good night, guys.